Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan Shop here with you on the Fans First Sports Network. Today, we are going to talk about the evolving world of gambling on sports in America and the ruling, the adaptation, the evolution the NCAA is trying to bring forth. Let's face it, just look around your own stadium. Take Spartan Stadium for an example. There's gambling ads inside of the stadium. All the players and athletes attending Michigan State live in a state where gambling is legal. You can gamble on a phone as easy as you can order a pizza, order a car, order a vest, order a sweater. Order whatever you want. The only thing about it is if any college athlete presses a button to gamble on just about anything, they are in serious jeopardy of ending their college career. The NCAA trying to catch up has to catch up. They don't have a choice. The other sports are massively affected by this as we see more and more NBA people suspended for a year. This is a year or more after Calvin Ridley, a one-time first-round draft pick superstar at Alabama, gets benched for a year for gambling. It's an issue at the pro level. It could be an issue at the college level. Nobody wants to see it. The NCAA is doing something about it. Have they done it reasonably? Are they off their rocker? Or do they have something that kind of makes a little bit of sense? We're going to talk about it today here on the Spartan Pride podcast. The NCAA is trying to figure out what they can do, what makes sense to do to make sure they are in front of the issue of online gambling through phone apps. I suppose people are gambling through tablets. I suppose they're gambling, I guess, on the computer. I don't know for sure because I live in a state where it is not yet legal, but so many Big Ten states are, and obviously the state of Michigan is as well. So with half, a little more than half the country now offering legal betting, pro sports and college sports, they know they have to do something. Without any question, they know they got to do something. And it looks like the amount of sports betting is still on the way up. I'm sure there's some kind of a set point it will get to some kind of a leveling off that it will arrive to but it's not there yet so the NCAA is doing something about it they did some survey work and realized that this is an issue among young people which could of course color color the lines inside of the NCAA's purview talking about the student athletes that are a part of their association, if you want to get real technical. We just know them as players on the college sports teams that we follow. But the bottom line is, everybody from coaches to athletic department staff 
college presidents, administrators, etc., that they have to know what impact they may have if they choose to place a bet on their sport and on their career. What it looks like is the NCAA would love to go ahead and try to apply the old legal standard of avoiding any any appearance of an impropriety. What I mean by the old legal standard was back in the day, uh, honestly, an era not current, an era past, lawyers and especially judges were held to a standard of not whether they did anything wrong, but whether it looked like they might have done anything wrong. And that was the big thing you were supposed to try to avoid. Again, it's a different show, but that does not appear to be the current era in the legal industry in this country. So the NCAA is doing something and they need to. You know, in early May, there were dozens of athletes from Iowa and Iowa State that were flagged in a betting investigation. There was the infamous Alabama baseball coach who was fired after being linked to some suspicious betting activity. And we've seen a lot, of course, in the uh, pro football level, for example. And I'm not sure that there is not more to come. I think until the ball is kicked off to start the season, I'd be worried that there's more trouble coming out of the NFL. So the policies, the NCAA relative to gambling, they're not the same as pro sports, nor should they be. But what they're going to do is try to clean it up and continue to evolve uh, to make sure everybody's on the same page, understanding what is okay and what is not. As a rule of thumb, gambling, sports gambling, college is absolutely inappropriate and banned on anything sponsored by the NCAA. The weird thing is it doesn't look like it applies to horse racing or boxing. Uh, For God's sake, hopefully no college athlete thinks that they're going to do anything like that. It would be strange, but I don't know that they've got trouble there. This applies the mostly and nearly positively no gambling on any kind of sport that's got an NCAA attachment to student athletes, coaches, administrators, officials. When you think about that, you're talking about hundreds of people in a football program, for example, and hundreds of people in major college athletic administration. It's very clear that any wager is bad. A dollar, $10, a lot of dollars, it's all bad. It all counts as a wager. It's all banned. Even stuff like Super Bowl squares, which I think are idiotic. There's no skill in it. It's just total luck. I don't like squares, although I know some folks that have had great success at squares. Squares are no good, nor NCAA tournament brackets. If you're old enough to remember um, Rick Neuheisel, I think he got in trouble with NCAA tournament brackets. I think during his time at Washington, which is amazing to think of, but maybe somebody had it out for him. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. It was a long time ago, and you never really got a straight story on that. But I think Rick Neuheisel's the guy that had big problems with that a uh, couple decades back. Each student athlete, every year, they got to sign a document to the NCA that basically says, 
we understand that we cannot gamble and that we may be tested for drugs. There is no wiggle room here. And I sure hope that we don't see any college athlete lose his or her career by gambling on sports, but I am very confident given the number of student athletes in this country, given the fact that we've already seen issues in the college baseball and earlier this spring, that we're very likely to see some between now and the end of the year. I hate to make that bet, but that's, I think, where the safe money is. When a school discovers a violation, it's got to declare the student ineligible and they may be able to request a reinstatement, but they've got to declare them ineligible and begin to review what happened best they can pull it together. There was a recent example of a gambling suspension at Virginia Tech. A player got nine games after self-reporting that he used an online gambling app to bet on the NBA Finals. That makes sense if he was in Virginia because that's one of the states that has this capability to use the online gambling apps. Again, this is not something to sleep on. This is happening. It's probably going to happen again. Now, for athletic personnel, they got a case-by-case type evaluation. It's not as simple as that they're suspended or whatnot. Um, The big issue is the one you don't want to see. It's been a while, but there's a Rose Bowl that Iowa played against UCLA in the early 80s that had a large amount of fixing to it with a running back, if memory serves. It's very well documented. I remember watching Real Sports doing a story on it. Any athlete who is caught wagering in activities that influence the outcome of their own sport, that's going to get your eligibility gone for good. Now, there gets to be a little bit of a wiggle room about wagering for the same sport, but involving a different school. The NCAA is saying that you can use lose up to 50% of the eligibility there. That's one I would expect to, to evolve. Uh, the way to address this is make the penalty so severe off the bat that it will try to work as a deterrent. And that's really what the NCAA has got to do. Is it too late? I don't know. We'll talk about that next on the Spartan Pride Podcast. Spartan Pride Podcast, Jonathan Shop here today talking about the world of gambling that is around college football and college athletics and is now part of it and it's not going away. Is it too late to do anything about it? No, it's not. The NCAA is not ahead of the curve, but they're not really that far behind it. I want to give them some credit for trying to get active on this before things get worse. Now, they're getting a little technical, which is a bit odd. If you break down the penalties, it starts to it kind of make some sense as far as signing penalties based on the amount of dollars that are wagered. Again, we're talking about not on your own sport or, for God's sake, a game that you're involved in. So there is some wiggle room in wagering violations on pro sports relative to the dollars involved and how much of your eligibility that will cost you. I'm not against that idea. I don't think it's a bad idea as long as it doesn't get convoluted so much that it goes right over student-athletes' heads and they don't understand the message that they shouldn't be messing with this 
anyway. NCAA is going to screen postseason officials, background checks, review of criminal charges, histories, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's a good start, but to be honest with you, they, they kind of need to do what they can to discourage or prohibit anyone in your immediate family or household from having an active gambling app or placing any wagers during you know, any point of the season of time that you're going to be a postseason official. If that sounds like overreach, it certainly is a sacrifice. And some people may have to make a decision that, you know what, my family, my, my spouse, whatever, they love gambling so much on sports that it means more to me to let them do that than it does to referee the Citrus Bowl or the round of uh, the second weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament, whatever it may be. Uh, those things, I believe, can be contracted for. They are asking for a sacrifice, and that is a reasonable thing to do. The NCAA has to make sure that they do what they can to protect their product and keep any appearance of impropriety or influence based on sports gambling out of the sport. You don't want to be the NBA. We saw what happened there. It's a remarkably underplayed story of enormous proportion with the referee, uh, Tim Donahue, Tim Donahue having a, a history with gambling. And again, the NCAA, they don't want to talk about the Rose Bowl in the early 80s with UCLA in Iowa, but these things are out there. And I'm afraid we got so used to them not being at issue at all anywhere on the map or the landscape that here in maybe the third, fourth year of this becoming more popular as we're approaching 50% of the country, we might be in for a real rude awakening somewhere. That's what the NCAA wants to avoid. They can avoid it with great cooperation and all those app updates y'all are out there getting. They're working with some monitoring services to try to flag and analyze betting data. Of course, that makes sense. But this stuff is getting very specific and location services, accounts, emails, addresses, phone numbers, etc. All that stuff I think is going into the bowl of soup that the NCAA is working with to try to figure out a way to protect their sports, benefit from the option of fans gambling, and really propose a reasonable sacrifice to the people working in the sport voluntarily for them to not have anything to do with any sports gambling that could possibly be perceived as influencing any outcome. Again, let's think wider than just betting on your own team. What if you're betting for or against another team on your schedule or on in your conference or your division? Nothing good happens out of that. My impression on this one is that the NCAA is not too bad. This is not a bad starting point. There is a great opportunity for them to continue to tweak this, but I think they got the great majority of this problem bitten. They took the big bite of the apple, which is great. There's going to be more to work on and trim in years to come. And I think in a perfect world, they'd be able to um, more clearly define who can and cannot bet. Can somebody in your household bet, for example? Well, 
if you're an assistant coach, probably that's not a good idea. If you're an administrator or someone in an office staff, should you be able to bet on the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Miami uh, Panthers or Miami Marlins? I don't know. Maybe at some point that makes sense if we can get the monitoring and tracking that we need as the NCAA to make sure that our sports are protected. It's never going to be okay for any student athlete to bet on anything while they are enrolled as a student athlete. I feel like that's a really good rule of thumb. If the kids at Michigan State and around the Big Ten can stick with that, they're going to be just fine. I hate to say that I predict they will not. And we will circle back to talking about this here in very late June of 2023. We talked about it here on the Spartan Pride podcast. Let's see how long it is before something else in the world of gambling pops up that affects any kind of college athletics that we have seen as recently as this spring. And I hate to think, but we're probably going to see again before the end of the year. Jonathan Shop, Spartan Pride Podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. Stay tuned. We got more coming up, including a discussion of booze coming to football stadiums in the state of Michigan for college football. That's next time on the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network.